Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. I am excited because this week we are wrapping up our series called Walk It Out. And so if you backtrack with me, we had a baptism Sunday here at Forest City, which was this pivotal moment in the life of our church. And then over the course of these last six weeks, we have been practically been talking about how do we walk out our faith? How do we do life together with God and with each other? And it had me thinking. Uh, When is it the hardest to both walk and talk at the same time? Like, when is that the most challenging thing to do? And I didn't have to look too far because, after all, it is turkey trot season, right? Uh, It is hot cider hustle season. Uh, This is a picture of um, my older two daughters and last year when we ran a 5K. And you did hear me correctly. uh, A little insight into my running philosophy is that if you run a 5K one year, you have to take the next year off. So this is a picture from last year. But who ran a 5K over the last couple days? There we go. Just massage their shoulders in front of them. Like just, you know, get a little help. I was talking to Dawn and Russ in the back, and these are the, the marathoners. They don't even have time for 5Ks back there. But as you think about a race, right, every race you go from here to here. And every race there is a course and there is a map, and there are these key elements of how to walk out your race. You need to have the proper running shoes. You need to have the right nutrition, likely both goo and Gatorade. But often one of the most overlooked parts to a successful race are the conversations along the way. It's the direction of which way to go and the graceful correction when you take a wrong turn. It's the wisdom of when to replenish and it's the encouraging word on a sign when you're about to give up. And as I've been thinking about how we walk out our faith, I was thinking how the Bible talks about how our life is like a race, a race of endurance, a race of perseverance. And as I thought, Lord, what do you have for us on this last week? As we walk out our faith, there was this one deep, deep desire for any of us and for all of us to have conversations with God along the way. And often as a church, we talk about prayer. We are a church who is devoted to praying about everything and not worrying about anything. But today we are going to have a conversation about the flip side of prayer. And that's actually hearing from God. You see, because conversations along the way are not one-sided. I mean, we are all actually here, but what do we hear? And my hope in our time together today is that we actually begin to start attuning our ear. So even right now, what are the sounds that you're hearing in this room? Maybe the heater's going to kick on. Maybe there's going to be, you know, ruffling up some pages of scripture. Maybe there'll be talking and sounds. Listen to what we are hearing. And there's tension to this topic for sure. Because when you hear, we're going to learn how to hear from God. This is often misused. This is often complicated. This can get very confusing. I mean, people can hear from God in different ways, or perhaps there there arises this level of shame, like, I don't think I've ever heard from God before. Or maybe 
on the flip side, there has been pain or hurt when somebody has used this phrase, God told me to, like the college boyfriend who broke up with me. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one. There's mystery to this for sure. And there's tension in this for sure. But I want us to hold that tension, and instead I want us to shift our focus to the topic of attention. All of us are here, but what do we actually hear? Because the truth in Scripture is this, is that God speaks to us in universal ways. Through his written word, which is Scripture, through his living word, which is Jesus, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit within us. And God also speaks in very personal ways. He speaks through our personalities. He speaks through our stories, our experiences with words or thoughts or ideas or visions or dreams. And so wherever you fall on this topic, I want us to tune our ear to listen. Because as we've been reading through the book of Acts, maybe you've been paying attention to this like I have Over and over again, we hear the Lord spoke, the Lord spoke. He's giving wisdom and guidance and comfort and direction. And hey, these are the words to say in this environment. And oh, don't go there, go to this area. And over and over again, he is speaking. In fact, I mean, we're almost through the end of the book of Acts. But if you take account, 17 times scripture says the Lord spoke. And 17 times he spoke through an apostle. And if you keep paging through and you think, hey, is there access to this for every single one of us? The answer is yes. Because as you keep studying, 13 times the Lord spoke through a non-apostle. He spoke to somebody even before they believed in Jesus. And so, hey, if you were here last week for Friendsgiving and you thought there was turkey again this week and you're like on this hunt to find Jesus, like this is even for you to tune into. This is for all of us going from here to here on this journey. And so I want us to anchor ourselves in this verse in Acts and I want us to read it through the lens of hearing. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And while these often are read as action words, what if we actually read them as hearing words? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the reading of scripture. These were the sounds that they were hearing. And to fellowship, these conversations and connections with each other, these words of encouragement and comfort and hope, to the breaking of bread. Now, try to hear the breaking of bread. That's a sound that makes you salivate. And to prayer, these these prayers that were out loud and praying to God. And as you read through this, there was this community that was anchored in being people. They devoted their time to hear from God. But don't miss this. In all the ways in which God speaks in the book of Acts, it was for two reasons. It was for ministry and for life together. For ministry and life together together. To hear from Jesus and tell other people about him and then to be Jesus to each other. And so here we are as a community and all of us are here. But what do we actually hear? 
Well, I want us to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Because when we start here, what we find is that for centuries and centuries, there have been communities of people who have anchored their attention around hearing from God. Now, they would pray this prayer. This was the prayer of Shema. Can we all say that? Shema. You got it. This is the prayer of Shema, and Shema means to hear. And so twice a day, this group of Jewish communities and families, they would gather morning and night to attune their attention to hearing. And this was the prayer of Shema. Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk alongside the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You see, Shema in Hebrew means to hear, but it was more than just having sound waves vibrating in your ear. Shema means to hear and respond, to listen and to obey. In fact, in the Hebrew language, there is not another word for obey. And so as you prayed through the Shema and you were saying, hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel, twice a day, it was this community that was anchoring their attention and hearing from God. And then what's so fascinating as you page through the story of Scripture is you have people that respond with this line. Here I am. So you have these communities that are praying, hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel. And then you have people who say like this, here I am. You have Samuel who's laying on his bed, and he thinks it's Eli the priest. And and, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, 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 Eli, Eli. And he he said, oh, no, 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 that's the voice of the Lord. And so Samuel says, here I am. You have Moses, and he stares at the burning bush, and he's like, well, this thing is on fire. Like, I hear this voice. What's going on? And Moses says, here I am. You have Mary, the mother of God, the the angel Gabriel visits her in a dream and she's scared and she's terrified and she just says, here I am. And so you have these communities of people who are attuning their ear to listening. And as I started thinking like, Lord, what is the word for us today? What is the word if it was like, hear, O forest city, hear, O forest city. And I feel like he gave me this line for us to anchor our attention in. That this is the sound in which we can hear from God and it is a posture attuned to him and it just says this. Here I am to hear. Here I am to hear. And on this race of life from here to here, what if we were this community of people who continue to say, here I am to hear. Let's get back to Acts. You have Paul at the end of his life. He is in a Roman jail, and he is likely chained up till the end of his days. And in this moment, he is continuing to remind us to be people who attune our ears to hear from God, to be people who are saying, here I am to hear. And he writes this letter to the church in Colossae, the book of Colossians. And it is this practical way for him to say, okay, don't forget. Keep having conversations with God because of what that does for your conversations and life together with each other. And his whole letter 
was to help this church in Colossae, this new family that was starting, to learn how to have good conversations with each other. Now, this community was upheavaling the Roman rule of what was happening. They were developing this new inclusive family. It was multi-ethnic, multi-generational, men and women and slave and free and young and old. And I don't need to tell you this. Usually when you have a community like that, it gets a little dicey, right? Maybe a little spicy. Like those conversations start to get a little complicated within the new family that's happening as well as when somebody else comes in and joins the family. But the beautiful part of this is, you know, Meredith Miller was here a couple weeks ago and she said, what if we read scripture as just one family story? Is that the voice of God is always creating. The voice of God creates in power and majesty and, and people and mountains and light. And Jesus comes and he is recreating humanity. He is recreating new communities and new families in this personal, intimate voice specifically for each of us from here to here and so turn with me now to Colossians 4 where we pick up Paul's very practical advice on what this looks like and how we hear from God Colossians 4 2 he says this devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful you see, Paul is reminding us to devote ourselves. This is the same word devote as we see in Acts, and it means anchor. It means anchor your attention down. Like literally throw an anchor and be placed in one spot for your attention. He says first thing you do is you anchor your attention, and then he says be watchful. Once you have your attention anchored in prayer, he says attune your attention. He's continuing to awaken our senses of hearing and watching and we'll see tasting. And he says, hey, you know those things that you're praying for? Be on the lookout. Like actually see how I am answering them. Attune your ear, attune your eyes to what I am doing. Always be watchful. He says, anchor your attention, attune your attention. And then he says this, there's actually an attitude for attention. He says, be grateful. He says, be full of thanks. It's like Thanksgiving every single day, right? This is a, a, a good week to talk about this message. And he says, because of this, as you are doing this, this is what your conversations with me look like. As you are praying and as you are anchoring your attention and talking to me, be watchful of how I'm responding. And gratitude and thankfulness is this undercurrent for God. It is this powerful force in which we find Paul talking about over and over again. And then he goes on. He says, now don't miss this. Remember, God always speaks for ministry and for life together. So now he tells us how to actually do this in life together. He goes on to say this. He said, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Paul is in chains and he's praying for an open door. He is praying for something he will likely never see again. Except Paul had a powerful moment with Jesus when Jesus' voice found him and he heard his voice even before he believed. 
And he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Paul now is going to go to the end of his life saying, I am praying for an open door to keep speaking Jesus. And he says this, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. This phrase, the most of every opportunity, is redeeming the time. That you would redeem your time with how you spend your time, with how you spend your attention. Be, way, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. These are people we encounter in our life who are yet to find Jesus yet. And Paul says this is especially important how we redeem the time. And so it had me thinking, like, where do we spend our time? And one layer deeper than that is what has our attention? Like, what has our attention? And no joke, as I was preparing this message, um, the, uh, the notice went off on my phone of how much time I had spent on my phone. Do you guys get these messages once a week? Once a week it comes up and you're like, oh, clearly a kid stole my phone. There's no way I was, I was on it this much. And it had me thinking, what has our attention? Here are just a couple stats of where our attention is usually going with our devices. So 76% of us check our phones within 15 minutes of waking up. Guilty, yes. All right, here's the next one. Uh, 42% of us admit to checking email from the bathroom. Best place. Which, as a side note, when I told my husband that statistic, he said, that's it? (laughs) Which allows you to know which end of the statistic he's on. (laughs) But here's the the final one that really got me as I was um, doing some research on this, was that we check our phones once every six minutes. Once every six minutes we check our phones, which likely means that in the time we are together today, most of us will have checked our phone over ten times. What has our attention And if we are people on this journey from here to here, and we increasingly want to be a community who says, here I am to hear. We have to ask ourselves, what has my attention? And Paul, he leans in because he says, do not give up on this because the conversations you have with God are so important to the conversations we have with each other. He ends the verse this way, verse 6. He says, let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Did you feel your taste buds when it was just seasoned with salt? I mean, Paul is giving us like a full course meal and how to awaken our senses. Everybody in the ancient world, they would cook with salt. This was flavoring, and this was making it yummy and tasteful. And we don't need to talk. I mean, if you're team sides or you're team turkey, like, we are all still tasting Thanksgiving in our mouth here. And Paul is saying, what if our conversations are seasoned in that way? If they are curious, if they're leaving you wanting for more, if they are delicious, if they are appealing, 
He says, what if our conversations are full of grace? That we'd be people who were always generous with grace and seasoned with salt, that there was something different. It was interesting. It was enjoyable. People wanted to keep having conversations about Jesus with us. And I had to think of this question, why do we lose our saltiness? Like, what makes us show up in conversations like dry turkey? What happens to us on this race from here to here that conversations feel dull or they feel boring or we get back in our car after church and we're like, well, that didn't go anywhere. Why do we lose our saltiness? And if you think about life being like a race, every runner knows they lose three things during a race. They lose fluid, they lose carbohydrates, and they lose electrolytes. And the main electrolyte every runner loses is, is salt. And as a runner on the race of life, and as we walk it out and we do life together, we have to replenish with salt. We can't lose that individually in our conversations with God, and we can't lose that in our conversations with each other. So then you go on and you say, okay, Paul, let your conversations be seasoned with salt. Okay, we can lose our saltiness, but what is the salt? How do we replenish? And it all goes back to hearing from God. If you go back to verse 6, he says this, let your conversations, that word conversation is lagos. It is the same word used for words, but it is the same word used for who? Jesus. Jesus is the word. John 1, in the beginning was the Lagos, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. With him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so if you are in a season of weariness, if you are in a season of pain and struggle like many of us are, if you are in a season that feels like it's just this mundane dullness to you, I want to encourage you as we head into this Advent season that can often feel like the whirlwind of the next month, that in a weary world there is a wonderful word. In a weary world, there is a wonderful word, and that word is Lagos, and it is Jesus, and it is the conversations with him. It is the attunement to his ear that allows us to then bring the saltiness to the conversations with others. I love how C.S. Lewis, he says it this way. He says, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciousness, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And so I just want to encourage you because Paul wanted to encourage us that as we anchor ourselves in hearing from God, as we are people who say, here I am to hear, sometimes we don't hear from him, right? Can we just be really honest? 
Sometimes we're like, God, give me something, and we feel like we have nothing. And I don't know all the answers to this. This is not something that is manufactured. This is not something that is manipulated. But this is what I do know, is that we have a God who speaks. We have a God who is always speaking. And whether he whispers, whether he shouts, whether he wakes us up, there are ways in which he continually wants to speak to us. And so as we end, I want to share a story with you of an, a season of weariness. I love that the picture went up already. Let's see how this goes. Uh, in a season of weariness that God used his megaphone to wake me up, actually in the middle of a night. And I wrote this whole sermon without this story in there because if I was in your seat, I would be like, but this isn't happening to me. But then I was thinking about what we learned last week of being generous with our testimonies and generous with our testimonies of, of healing and hope. And I had this picture of what if our lives and our testimonies of those of us who, who continue to just say like, what does it feel like? What does it sound like to hear God's voice? What if we were like one long game of telephone and God, God was speaking in different ways and then we shared with somebody else and God was speaking in different ways and sharing with someone else. And so this is just one simple testimony for me. So about four months ago, in a particularly weary season of life, where I was just begging God, I was like, you have to give me something. And then the day comes and the day goes, and the day comes and the day goes. Except this time, he decided to use a megaphone to wake me up in the middle of the night. And at about four in the morning, there was this song that woke me up. It was loud, it was clear, it was in tune, so it was not my voice. It, it, it was very, very clear, but the, the unique thing was, I'd never heard of the song. And so I wake up and I sit up, and there were these five words to the lyrics of the song that just kept going over and over and over. And it said, God will work it out. God will work it out. And you can put that visual back up. So this is, this is what I actually thought of. This is how my mind works. I was like, oh, okay, what's happening here? It's like that movie Inside Out when joy and sadness are trying to wake up Riley, but they, they like poke at the scary clown to break him into the natural from his subconscious. I thought, I'm so glad God used a song instead of a scary clown. God gave me five words. He gave me a song. He gave me a promise. God will work it out. And anytime you're trying to discern if you hear the voice of God, you first check it with scripture. So could God wake you up in a song? Well, actually one of my kids has really scary dreams. And so often before bed, we pray over her Zephaniah 3. The Lord is near, he is mighty to save. He rejoices over you with singing. And I thought, okay, maybe this is a song. And I think, okay, fact check it against scripture. What are the words he's giving me? God will work it out. Is that scriptural? Well, we know that God works all things together for good of those who love him. So I go back to bed and I wake up to my normal alarm 
And first thing you do if you think you hear the voice of God is you fact check it on scripture, you tell a friend, and then what I did was I started searching YouTube. I started searching YouTube. And so I type in, God will work it out song. And maybe you knew this, I did not know this four months ago, but this is actually a song. Maverick City Music wrote this beautiful song, God will work it out. And for that reason and that season, God hasn't done it since. He gave me five words, he gave me a song, he gave me a promise. And in the weary world, there is a wonderful word. Okay, but don't miss this, because this is the main reason I tell you this story. Not only for us to be generous with our testimonies, but think of the opposite side of that song. I started thinking, somebody wrote those lyrics. Like there are people like Andy and songwriters who actually tune to God's ears and write those lyrics. As I look out in this room and, and I see the creatives and the technical artists and the, the musicians and the students and the engineers and the business owners, could you imagine if what you wrote, what you said, what you communicated with somebody broke through the supernatural to the natural? and woke somebody up. I was like, I, I didn't do it, but I was like, I gotta write them a letter. Did they know God is using their song? But each day, in every way, in these conversations with each other, in the person you pass in the grocery store, as you leave today and are with each other, in your families, in your apartment buildings, is there a way that our conversations could be seasoned with salt? And this song, I thank you for playing this. This is actually the song, God Will Work It Out. I don't know if you know, he's just like breathing it over us. You guys are unbelievable. Thank you so much. But could you imagine with all the faith in the room, what the Lord could do? And so I wanna leave us with two very, very practical ways on how we can begin to attune our ears to hear from God, because it's been said, anything that is deeply spiritual is also practical. And so this is what I want us to do. I want us to leave with a practice and with a prayer. And so you'll see up on the screen, there is a timer. And I was thinking about like, what has our attention? Is there anything practical in which we can do to begin to attune our ears? I started thinking about these communities who would twice a day pray the Shema, hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel. And so this is what I've been, I've been playing around with. And if this is helpful for you, I invite you to do this. I've just been setting two alarms on my phone. And the one at nine o'clock just says, here I am to hear. What has my attention? It breaks through a little bit, no matter where I'm at in my day, when it goes off, I just say, what has my attention? And I try to actually listen. Like, what are the sounds that I'm hearing? And then I have another alarm that goes off at nine o'clock. And it just says, who's on my mind? Because one of the most practical ways to hear from God is just to start. To say, I'm a person who's saying, here I am to hear God. And so who's on my mind? And actually pause and ask him, is there a word you have for somebody? Is there a verse? Is there a song? Is this date special for a certain reason? Is there some way in which I can provide some comfort, some hope, some encouragement, some guidance through what I am hearing?
And so we're gonna practice this. And so I just invite you in our last moments, we are gonna do a prayer. And maybe you've heard of this before. This is called Lexio Divina. And for a long time, people of faith have been practicing this prayer. And as you think of scripture, scripture is actually one book of prayers. You can actually pray your way through the Bible as you are walking out your faith. And so in Lexio Divina, what you do is you go slow and you read a passage of scripture. And you just simply say, God, here I am to hear. And I'm gonna read this over us. And you just pay attention. Are there any words that stand out? Are there any people that are coming to mind? Is there a specific thing maybe God would have you do or say in your life or in somebody else's life? And so you just pay attention. Is there a word that stands out? Is there a, a story that's coming up? So I'm gonna read it once and we're gonna pause. And then I'm gonna read it again. And then we're gonna pause and we're gonna pray. And this is as simple as it can be. This doesn't need to be complicated or confusing. We are people who say, here I am to hear. And we sit with the passage and allow our ears to attune to what God may say. It will always be anchored in scripture and God's voice is never one of sin or shame. So let's read this together and pay attention to any words, any ideas, any people that come to mind. The sovereign Lord has given me an instructive tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. Sovereign Lord has given me an instructive tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being. we can feel your presence all around us. Thank you for being a God who speaks. Thank you for being a God who loves and knows us so deeply and intimately. We're like a sheep who knows the shepherd's voice. And so God, I pray for the person in this room who is longing for a word from you. God, would you breathe hope would you breathe encouragement? Would you breathe your wisdom and your guidance? Your voice is full of love and power and majesty. 
and your love is great for each person in this room. God, I pray for the person in this room who feels like they have lost their saltiness and is feeling weary heading into this season. Jesus, you are the word in a weary world. So we pray for more of you. And Lord, I just pray for an outpouring of your spirit on each of us, that you would lead us and guide us and convict us and move us to be people who say, here we are to hear. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for being here. We will see you next week. Bye.